Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Guardian Mindset Podcast. Uh, we're still at Mohegan Sun and the Use of Force Conference. And again, the best part about the Use of Force Conference is I get to get so many uh, experts and and experienced people in the same room. And and so I'm trying, I'm grabbing every single one of them so I can get you some more good content to listen to as you go along, uh, go along and do your duties. So today's uh, guest is going to be uh, Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones, uh, I've known him for. Uh, AJ, right. I've known him. God, when did we meet? Like, when did you start LOS? Twenty fourteen. So yeah. yeah. So twenty fourteen, and, and our interaction has been um, in the IACP legal officer section and going to IACP conferences and you know our love of um, after hour cocktails and <laughs> that's that's kind of how we spend some time together. So um, I, I'm I'm amazed, and what I want you to take from this interview uh, with Aaron is that. Uh, he's got, he's got a unique situation where a lot of us, you know, like myself, I, I got my law degree and I left the job and, um, and Aaron's been on the job and stayed on the job with, as a lawyer, um, and providing advice and counseling to his department. And so I think what, what is awesome is that he has such unique perspectives to bring to you of, because he sees it from two sides, right? He, 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 I'm talking in the third person to you sitting right next to me, um, but he, you see it from two sides. So why don't you start with just introduce yourself, tell you tell a little bit about who you are and, and your years of experience, and we'll just have a great conversation. I'm Aaron Jones. I am a captain with the Cincinnati Police Department. I started back, can't believe it now, 1998. So... 324 years. Does that make us old? Oh, man. So, uh, <laughs> Forget the gray hair. That we both right, have, but does right. that make us old? Uh, it's hard to me think about when I uh, look out at all the young officers, just thinking about me being in that position and how it just went by so quick. Right. Yeah. And so I uh, started with the police department uh, back in 98. Uh, you wouldn't believe this by looking at me, but I spent most of my first five or six years in undercover drug units. Right, had, you 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 bought drugs, right? Bought drugs. Uh, man in CIs yeah. had long long hair. I mean, uh, they used to. You're gonna have to show me a picture. Right, of that. They used I, to, I, I need to see a picture of that at some point. I, I was lint out. Because uh, let me let me explain him to you. He's so you all know me, and I would say that he's got the same application always. I don't know what hair gel he used for the longest time, but <laughs> it was hair that never moved. Right. Like, and and he's always cut. And, and trimmed up and always looking a hundred percent. So no, they used to call me uh, baby Jesus. So <laughs> I had long curly hair. So, um, went through, uh, the, the drug units. And then as I started getting promoted, I went back to school, finished my master's degree at Xavier university, uh, go musketeers and a master's and a law degree. Yes. What, what happened? That's a lot, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I wanted to challenge myself. And so our city pays. Uh, a large chunk of it too. Okay. There's tuition reimbursement. And so, uh, as I started getting promoted, uh, to Sergeant Lieutenant, unfortunately, and then I took an odd path for a drug investigator. I spent, uh, five years in our internal investigation section. And so as an investigator, as a Sergeant, and then I ran the place for three years after that. And so it was during that time at internal that, I, uh, basically uh, a friend of mine, partner of mine on the department, uh, I think he had seen American Gangster too much uh, and said, hey, let's, uh, why don't we try law school? Let's try that out. And so it's always something to try. Right. That, and that's what I did. And so I went night, went to night school, uh, got my law degree across the river in uh, NKU. Um, they were the only, at the time, they were the only place that had a, a night school. 
And so when I got my degree and I passed the bar, I, I met with our chief, our law department, um, and our one of the city manager, assistant city managers, and said, hey, I've got this piece of paper. and I just don't want to put it in a shelf. I don't want to just not use it. And we laid out about six or seven things that I could do in the department using my law degree. A lot of those were me taking work from the law department, right? And they were very, they were very eager and excited to say, yes, you do the training and you do this and you do this. Um, and so an assistant chief that I, that I was close to said, hey, you know, there's this group, this legal officer section. You should kind of look into that. And, you know, there are a group of lawyers that are also or that advise uh, police departments. Why don't you look into that? And then that's when I went to my first conference in, uh, in Orlando and kind of changed the whole trajectory of my, of my role in the police department. That's awesome. And so over the last seven years or so, seven, eight years uh, as an attorney, I've taken more and more uh, of a legal advisor role with our department. Still, and because I've been promoted to captain, they still need me to do, there are certain positions you have to do. Right. right. So I've been an operation district commander for six years uh, and still doing the, the legal advising, the training, the legal updates. Uh, officers call me. And that's probably my favorite thing. My favorite thing and the, the thing I'm most proud of is that one, two, three in the morning, you've got a young officer working and they don't know what to do. Call Captain Jones. Yep. Call Captain Jones. Call Captain Jones. He will. And I'm able to provide that service for them. And so, Captain Jones answers their phone. And I answer the phone, <laughs> right. And it's awesome. not um, in nothing against our law department, but they're just, they don't, right, it's public. us. They don't, right, they don't answer. It has to be pretty severe, right? And so uh, after all the training I do, I always put my phone number up for the officers, and more and more of them are taking me up on that, right? <laughs> and so uh, I like being involved on the front end, and what I always tell them, uh, get me involved in the front end. It's much easier to work things out in the beginning than trying to repair something later on. Good advice. And so they have, uh, they have embraced that. And so, um, that's such a unique position. I mean, I don't know if there's many other, I don't know of any other departments, even in our LOS section, that's the legal officer that, that have an opportunity where you're working as a district commander and still using right. your brain in the legal side. And, and so recently I was, uh, transferred to our training section. I'm now the training section commander. Uh, I know how some departments work. They'll leave people in positions. In Cincinnati, we like to have jack-of-all-trades. You go to a position, especially as a captain, to do two or three years, and they move you. Two or three years, and they move you to somewhere else to try to get you well-rounded. Right. I got lucky to have six years. I went from one district to another district, which was uh, great for me, but I didn't want to leave. But it's time to get some of the other guys and yeah. gals yeah. opportunity. So I'm at the training section now, and it just all meshes extremely well. Uh, with the things I'm able to do, uh, I do a lot more training at the department now, uh, but still filling those other roles. So you're overseeing the recruit classes and Correct. service classes? And so we have uh, two classes in right now. We have a uh, what we call our normal classes, folks who've never been police officers before. Mm -hmm. And then we have a small lateral class where we reached out to uh, other departments in, in Ohio. And if you already were certified in Ohio, you're, uh, we have that class going on as well. Wow. So. It's a very busy place right now. Yeah, very can busy place, but how's recruitment been going for you guys? Uh, we just we're working on a basically a pit team to try to improve our recruiting because it's way down. It's yeah. hard to get people to come into this profession right now, as we've talked about over and over here. Um, folks turned off by the job. Yeah, right? and so we're we're doing some of the things we we talked about. Uh, you know, 
with tattoos and we're thinking about allowing to have people to have beards and things like that, things that we've never done before. Yeah. And so um, we're probably going to have to relax that to try to get some folks interested in the job. It's, it's, you know, maybe that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, it's just to, it's kind of sad and disheartening of the numbers that are there of people that want to come on the job. It's, I mean, as you talk to everybody at this conference, it's the same, everyone has the same story. Uh, when I applied to become a police officer, we had a hundred spots and 4,000 people applied. Yep. And now we have 50 spots and you might get 600 apply. Yeah. And you, and you know, right off the bat, half of those folks are not qualified. Yeah. Why did you apply? What, did you not read? Did you not read what the qualifications were? <laughs> did, you, so, did you not read the qualifications? Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. That, this is, this is felony's a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, you should have looked into that. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, we're going, we're having the same issues. And so, um, going out and, and being very aggressive for uh, our minority candidates as well, African-Americans and uh, females, it's hard to get people interested. And so we're, we're putting extra pushes there uh, to make sure that we have a diversified workforce. Yeah. And, and by the way, congratulations, because um, you have just uh, become um, with a conference that didn't occur. You just became the chairman of the legal officer section, which is... Uh, it's a phenomenal, uh, and um, congratulations to that. And so, I don't know how that happened. So I, I just <laughs> I seven, do. seven years. We put ago. you in line, yeah, and then you stayed, and we move on. That's how we can. We said you said yes seven years yeah. ago, and now you're in charge. So and so, I, I remember coming seven years ago and just being almost overwhelmed. You know, it was you and Bill Amato, Lisa Judge, That's right? All these folks that I was looking up to, like wow, and. Am I supposed to be in this room, right? Because yeah. look at all the things that they're talking about, all the things. And what I've learned over the seven years is that we all might be legal advisors and have a similar title, but everybody does something different, yeah. right? There are some similarities, but your requirements are different. The things that you can bring to your department are, uh, are going to be different based off your particular organization. And so uh, I got really interested in legal officer section. I really like the folks. Uh, the social aspect was nice as well, uh, right? What social aspect? Right. Are talking about? That, kept, <laughs> that kept me coming back. And all of a sudden, uh, here I am, the, the chair of the legal officer section. So, Well, I would say, not to put uh, any more additional stress on you, but I am looking forward to your two-year reign as the chair <laughs> because um, I think that it's actually perfect timing to have uh, someone with your background and pedigree as the chair because – we need that interaction and interlacing between if we truly believe in our mission of advisors, um, sometimes advisors, as you've probably seen this in your career, I've seen this advisors that have never been cops there. There doesn't mean they're bad advisors, but they just don't understand the operation issues. They don't understand what officers go through every day and they've never pushed a car. They've never had to make those tough decisions. They never placed anybody in handcuffs. They didn't want to be placed in handcuffs. They never been to a domestic in a homicide. And, and, um, and I think with all the external pressure that we're getting on the industry, the IACP and the LOS section is, is very lucky to have someone with your, uh, your abilities um, to guide the next two years, because I think, Legal advisors are going to become more and more important to, for nothing more than, uh, than confidence building, right? Listen, you're doing it okay. Just, just go do it. You're good, you know, giving people the confidence to do the job. I'm hoping that, uh, first off, thank you very much. Um, I'm hoping that I do bring a more unique perspective. Actually, again, one of the things I talk about 
when I'm picking the instructors for courses uh, at the academy is I teach arrest, search, and seizure. I take that. That's personally, that's mine. And when you rather have someone teaching you who's put handcuffs, mm. who understands yeah. the, 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 at three in the morning, has been there with someone, like you said, uh, that says no, right? Yeah. And, and you want, hopefully, you want somebody. And, and so uh, we have testifying. If we have something else, I'll bring a prosecutor in to right. touch it out, some of the other things. So um, I do hope to bring a, a different, not a different perspective, but a, a, a perspective that having the knowledge intimately of what the officers are going through day to day in helping and that advising. So here's a good one for you because you said it and, and you know, this is our key is 23 years on the job. Um, you know, here's one to make you think. Uh, so let's just, I assume and Jake knows this cause we laugh all the time, which is the people are watching this or the people that are see watching. I can't even get it right. <laughs> the people that are listening to this, are younger officers or want to be younger officers um, because they have the ability to download it. That's really the, right. <laughs> I They're still haven't figured out how to do that yet. Yeah, right. um, and so your 23 year uh, experience, let's start with what has been the biggest change or the, th the thing that, that has been such a dramatic change from when you started this job um, 23 years ago and how we did the job to now. Uh, if you had to classify something that, that is not the same anymore. What would you, what would you pick? So I, th I think the, the biggest thing that I've seen change, and I think it's led to other changes is technology, Okay. right? The technology, uh, as a broad category that has changed the job and then it's changed the job many different ways. Right. Sure. Uh, you, you, you know, we didn't have tasers when right. first came on and then having the taser, I think that that has changed the way officers interact with individuals um, going hands-on. That's a lot less now. Right. Right. And so when I was a young officer, uh, someone got out of line, out of pocket, and things had to happen. You went hands-on. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Now we're talking about tasers and larger distances away from folks. So I think there's been a change there. Obviously, body cameras. <clears throat> body cameras, have, I think, have changed uh, policing in several ways. Um, do you guys have them? Yes. What is, what is the, like, what is the numbers of deployments of body worn cameras just yep. in your department? A thousand. A thousand body worn right. cameras. You must right. have a whole unit that handles like, I mean, how do you manage the body worn camera video footage of a thousand officers? Um, it is, it's, it's a major process, right? We had to build a, uh, a video redaction team, 10 to 15 folks. That's, that's all they do. All they do all day long. Wow. That's all they do. Um, and so I think that's changed. One of the things I think the body camera did uh, is that it showed the public that, you know, we were doing it right anyway, right? The, this whole time we've been doing it right. All the body camera footage did was prove that to everyone. Right. And so. But, it's just sad. That's the sad right. part. That we had to prove right. to everybody. But it's, it's, it's the way of the world. Now. And the older officers, uh, more experienced officers, veteran <laughs> officers, they were, uh, they were a little more hesitant to, uh, to wear this body camera. Um, but the younger officers, the newer officers, it's, it's there. That's all they ever knew. Yeah. Right. And so they go and, um, and, and I see officers now using body cameras to collect evidence, narrate things and just do more creative things and, uh, and, and documenting their cases and, and setting them up for court. So I see younger officers embracing that, embracing that and using the technology. And so, um, what else has changed? I, you know, what I've seen is, uh, I see more movement. I see officers coming on uh, 
and not staying as long. When I first came on, you were, if you got on, you weren't going anywhere. We'll see you in 33 years. <laughs> you know, yes, I, I, what I see is more, uh, you know, as younger folks are coming on, uh, they, their movement, they're moving from department to department from, or within the department. Um, both, both. from, yeah. from departments to other departments and then leaving policing and going into another field. And so, um, we have to work on a, a better way to make sure we retain our folks. Yeah, I don't know that that's possible. That's the that's the problem, which is that that's amazing. We actually call them nomad cops. And then, you know, they they're looking for something that we're obviously not giving them like the satisfaction of a job. Which I mean, you and I could have this conversation. I don't understand. I don't understand that the satisfaction of the job was the fact that you got up every day and put the uniform on, and you were proud of the patch and the badge, and you just. Like you said, yeah, 33 years. Like you're just right. I'll, I'll see you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll walk out the door 33 years yeah, later. Yeah, I'll get my gold watch when it's time. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing younger officers again. They come in, they do it for a while. And it's not that they don't enjoy it or they don't like it. Uh, it's just on to the next. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it's not looked at as much as a career. Yeah. So um, I've seen some changes that way. Uh, I've seen officers now. Again, with we get a major push for problem-oriented policing, community policing. I see officers embracing those ideas uh, without any issue, right? It was kind of a cultural change to go from this, all I do is law enforcement, and that's the big, no, biggest misnomer. They call us law enforcement, but how much, and I talk to the folks, how much law did you enforce today? <laughs> how many people did you arrest? How many right. tickets did you write? How many right. ordinances did you enforce, you know? Maybe 10% of your day is actual law enforcement and more social order or social maintenance. And what I see- That's the young, a great term, right, social maintenance. Or social maintenance, and that, that's what we do. And I see the newer officers, the younger officers, they embrace that. Uh, the more veteran officers that are now leaving, they came on to arrest people. And anything else, is that's not my job. Right. I think all the folks are coming on, they're embracing the fact that- um, to call us law enforcement, you're limiting actually what we do on a day to day. There's so much more that we do. Right, right. So with the with the philosophy that um, you know the people that are that are listening to this are in their early stages of their career and a long career ahead of them, um, and and you're in a great position because I'm sure this is something you do on a regular basis at the academy with your recruits. Is it what advice? What advice could you give to a young officer who? Is just starting on trying to find their way in a in a difficult time, um, and and to to have a successful career. Well, what what if I was a new officer? I came up to you and said, Captain Jones, you know, listen, uh, what what should I do to have, to have a successful career? What would you recommend to a young officer? Well, one at least, to, I would hope most departments are this way. Just always rely on your training, rely on the things that we taught you, use the equipment, use the everything that we're, we're handing you and giving you and take that to heart because we are, we're out here to protect you, to make sure you're safe, to make sure that, and nowadays to make sure you're not fired and you're not charged with a crime. 30 years ago, how many officers got charged? Right. It was every now, once in a while you would it, hear right, something, now, but it was very dramatic. And like, and correct. They did like, very bad things. Right. Like and now, and, yeah. Yeah, and now you, every other day, someone's being charged with something. So it's a real it's a real uh, risk if you're not out here doing the things you're supposed to do the right way. And so um, I would tell officers, rely on the training. I think you definitely find your niche, find the things that you're interested in, find the things that you're passionate about, 
law enforcement's amazing, at least in a bigger department, because you can do a different job every five years. Right. You know, I'm traffic. I'm homicide. I'm a canine officer. I do drug work. So find your niche um, and do everything you can to, to excel at that. And I think that helps people. I think people, when they find the job that they're really excited about and they're passionate about, uh, go all in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. If your department has tuition reimbursement, if your department has some type of other way to uh, help you further your training and your career, just both professionally and personally, take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. I know everyone says, well, I've got a family. I'm going to be busy. I'm going to, you're always going to have a family. You're always going to be busy. Well, this you're is always thing. going to have something's always going to be there. And when I went to law school, someone said, "Well, you'll be uh, 39 when you when you graduate in so many years." I said, "I'm going to be 39 then anyway." <laughs> that's <laughs> right? a great. That's a I'm great. I'm still going to be 39, great. right? I'm still going to be there. So, so did you do bachelor's on the job too? No, I got that before. I was very lucky. I um, I graduated with my bachelor's in May of '98, and I entered the police academy in July. Of that's awesome. I, well, but you did masters in law school, which is that's that's, that's for another what eight years or uh, it was like about six years. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I like like you and myself. I mean, I did my undergrad and my law school while I was on the job night school. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, it, it's all going to be there. No matter easier what. ways to do life. There is, but there's <laughs> but, <laughs> but to but to say, you know, I'm just I'm just too busy right now. I'll do it and put it off. So just jump in. Jump in head first and do it if that's something you want. Again, I, I did not know my career was going to go this way. I thought that I was, I was going to do something else. I didn't know this was never on the table. This was never in the cards. And here I am doing a podcast with you. Well, so. I expect. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I expect that you're going to keep going. So, well, we'll see. I mean, I expect to someday be uh, coming to your swearing in ceremony for police executive somewhere well, in the country, yeah. or you're going to come out to the other side of the world. And you're going <laughs> to, right. You're going to, you're going to make money. One of the two. Well, <laughs> and, and so that's interesting. My, my partner that I went to said, Hey, let's go to law school. He went to law school as well. Yeah. Uh, he did a very similar job with our sheriff's office um, as the, as the legal advisor for the sheriff. But as you know, that's political. A new sheriff came in, he left. Right. And then it's gone totally private now. And then just had his first couple uh, criminal cases from the defense side. So we all, <laughs> all right, let's let's ease up yeah, on that, all right? Yeah, like uh, we know. all joke with yeah. now saying he's gone to the dark side. He right? went that dark. He's guys, gone to the dark, dark, dark side. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't do that. Yeah. Well, well good. We don't, right. We we can't have you go to the dark. You know too much to go to the dark side. Right. That's well, the key. You yeah. know where the skeletons are buried. Right. So uh, and so I, you know, I know it's just been it's been great, and I'll see where it goes from here, and um. That's what I tell folks. So the young officers out there, if you're uh, one of the things I just saw and, and make sure that you're able to explain what you do. We just had a uh, officer involved shooting and I go and I monitor every officer involved shooting we have and listening to the, um, listening to the interviews of the officers, they all did a great job. They all did a great job. And I was just very happy and fortunate that our officers are able to explain what, why you did what you did. Right. And so, um, well, you know why they did a good job, right? Right. Because you training, no, because you, (laughs) because you put in a lot of time and energy in training and they trust you and they listen to you. And when it came time to, to, to deal with it, they were, they were ready. Ready. They were ready. That's the key. I mean, you got, you, this is, this is about, you know, that knowledge is power application. And, and, and so that's kudos to you. If they did a good job is because, you know, you, you, 
you had their back and you, you, you got it done. So find your passion, go for it. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't let excuses get in the way. Cause again, there's always going to be something. Just do it. Rely on the training and the information. Take it seriously because you know, we have so many folks out here that care about the officers and are trying to put them in the best position to be successful. Uh, Take it. Take that advice. Yeah, awesome. Well, Captain, first of all, thank you for what you do. Um, thank you for your dedication to the, you know, to law enforcement community, to the legal community. Um, you know, obviously, I'm here for you and to support you in LOS any way I possibly can. And at the same time, I appreciate our friendship. So uh, I appreciate giving that knowledge to. And we'd like to have you back someday on the podcast. Yeah, and, uh, that's great. And when and, you know something hot pops up, let's know. We'll talk about it. Let the let the young officers have some experience, and and that's really that's really what we want to do. Is we want to give the officers that that behind the scenes look at it. It will be okay. Because one thing I one thing I have difficulty with is how do I tell the officers that we have no regrets, right? No, I mean we love. No. I am so satisfied of the time I had in the job. No, and it's gone and it goes by with the blink of an eye. So enjoy it while you're there because we do that in so many other aspects of life. We don't enjoy the moment. And then it's just 25 years later and you're like, why didn't I enjoy it then? Right. I didn't yeah. really take yeah. into account how, how well I had it. So. Cause I hear that. I hear that from bosses all the time. And you move up to captain, you're probably not doing too much police work. Right. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and that's the other thing. That's another thing I would tell you. Okay. Wait to get promoted. I waited about 10 years before I, I started getting promoted. Um, I was talking to a young lieutenant the other day who wants to be a captain, and he laid out all the things he wants to do as a captain. And I said, you will not be able to do any of those things. <laughs> That's over. So maybe you should rethink this. Yeah, yeah. That, all the things you just laid out, they're great. I want those for you. You won't do them as a captain. <laughs> That's so. awesome. Well, hey, I thank you for your time. Uh, I appreciate everything, uh, everything you do, and thank you for, uh, for coming on and being a guest today. Thanks. I appreciate it. And so we'll end this as we always do. Help those who need your help. Protect those who need your protection. And most importantly, keep yourself and others safe. Thank you.